Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. God is with me. I will not fear. God is with me. I will not be abandoned. God is with me. I will not fail. God is with me. I have hope for tomorrow. God is with me. I have the potential to be a winner in life. Hallelujah. reading a story in the Bible back in my early days that brought great inspiration to me, still does today, and I want you to turn there with me, 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. And once again, I want to repeat what I said before mentioning Brother Robert's book. Don't sit by and allow other people to convince you that you could never experience the maximum and the highest level attainable. This story is about four lepers. It begins in 2 Kings chapter 7, and uh, let's begin reading in verse 1. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow... About this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, you have to understand that the enemy forces had come in and surrounded these people, cut off their supply lines. Not even the rich had anything to eat in the, in the city. Uh, and it's just a matter of time and the enemy is either going to starve them to death or they're going to come in and slaughter them. So what the prophet said to them in the natural sounds impossible. This time tomorrow. Everybody say this time tomorrow. This time tomorrow. Oh, that's just a story in the Bible, Brother Jerry. Yeah, and the Bible says in, in the New Testament, these stories were written for our benefit. They were written for our benefit. So, we're looking at an impossible situation. This time tomorrow, this is going to happen. God's going to do this for us in 24 hours. Sounds impossible. It's probably sounds just as impossible as your situation turning in the next 24 hours. But if God could do it for them, why couldn't he do it for you? Has anybody ever had something change in 24 hours? I have many times. And this is the story that I was basing that on. Lord, you did it for them. You can do it for me. Now we keep reading. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. This one character says, Even if God was to make windows in heaven, and, and pour out all this that we need. It's not likely. And the prophet said, oh, it'll happen, but you will not partake of it. So that tells me there are two camps, those who believe it and those who don't, those who will experience it and those who won't. 
Got a question for you. Which camp are you in? Which camp are you in? So notice as we go on reading. And there were four lepers at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Four lepers. Four of the least likely to be used by God to produce a breakthrough. I've had it happen many times where God would use somebody that in the natural didn't look like they had two quarters to rub together and met my, my need. Amen. Don't, don't ever put limitations on God. He's not God in the box. Get him out of the box. Amen. Don't, don't, don't limit him by what it looks like in the natural. So notice what it says. Four lepers, and they, 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 they already have three strikes against them. Number one, they're either going to die of leprosy. Number two, it's possible they might starve to death before they die of leprosy. Number three, they have leprosy. How, how, how could they possibly be used by God? You would think God would go find somebody more qualified, but that's not necessarily the way God works every time. Amen? So they're sitting there hopeless, helpless, limitations, and finally one of them says, why are we just sitting here until we die? That's what a lot of people need to do. Why am I just sitting here and letting the devil control my life? Why am I just sitting here and letting others tell me how my future will be? Why am I sitting here and letting CNN dictate my outcome? Why sit we here until we die? So they got up and went on the move. Amen. But notice the first step was making a decision to get up and do something instead of just accepting defeat. Defeat is never inevitable unless you decide to do nothing. He said, why sit we here till we die? And notice what God did. Drop down to verse five. And they rose up. Look at verse six. For this Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses and the noise of a great host. They didn't even bother sending a scout out to see who was coming. There's four lepers coming over the hill, dragging their feet. Who knows what kind of condition they were in. They had leprosy. It can decay the flesh, you know, and, and I picture them just dragging their feet, coming across that hill, and the Syrians didn't even send a scout out. If they'd have sent somebody out, they'd have said, oh, we don't have any problem, no worries. It's just four lepers. But they didn't even send somebody out, and God amplified the footsteps of the lepers, and it sounded like a host. It sounded like an army. It sounded like chariots. 
and it frightened the Syrians so bad, they ran off and left everything. They left the food, they left their clothing, they left gold, they left silver. And when these poor lepers come up, nobody's in the camp. And they thought, wow, look at this. And then they started partaking and then they decided, no, this is not right. We shouldn't just consume this on ourselves. Let's tell the rest of the village. And they all feasted. But it took three, four lepers to get up and say, we're not going to sit here. If we're going to die, death is going to come on us on the move. But we're not going to sit here and just let it happen. Amen? And notice what happened in verse 16, 18. And it came to pass as the man of God had spoken to the king saying, two measures of barley. Notice it came to pass what the prophet said. Believe ye the prophets and ye shall prosper. Amen. Amen. I've given you a prophetic word this year. I don't go all over the country calling myself a prophet. I know what I am. I don't need to advertise it and convince other people. I know what I am. But every year the Lord gives me a prophetic word, as you well know, and I preach it all over the world. And I have thousands, hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of people that respond and say it happened to me. They believe it. Amen. So notice the prophet spoke something that in the natural looked utterly impossible. But here we see, and it came to pass. You hold fast to what I said this year. It's the year of the maximum. It's the year of the highest level attainable. And you will, you will have after your name, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. I think you ought to give the Lord a shout in advance. Hallelujah. And it came to pass. Now, I've said many times, I must be a minor prophet because I don't have a prophecy for everybody. And I don't, I don't stand up and say, thus saith the Lord in every service. But I do know when the Lord speaks to me and I do know that it's prophetic and when I say it, I know that he will honor it. Hallelujah. Or I'm not going to say it at all. So, as Carolyn Daddy used to say, just hide and watch. It'll come to pass. If you believe it. But you never say, and I'm one who believes it. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two measures of barley for a shekel, a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord, now we're referring to verse two, and that Lord answered the man of God and said, now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat it. Now this man fell out and so it fell out unto him and the people took him out of the gate and eventually died. What happened? God made it come to pass. God honored the word of the prophet. The people saw it and they decided we don't want any more unbelief in our camp. Yeah. 
Now, we're not going to get rid of anybody, okay? And I'm not saying you're going to die tomorrow if you don't believe it. But I don't want unbelief around me. I want people of faith. I want people who see the invisible and do the impossible. How about you? Amen? All right, now, why sit we here till we die? So don't just sit there and, and keep uh, allowing other people to convince you that this will never happen to you. Amen. All right. I said at the beginning that I wanted to share with you three reasons why reaching the maximum and achieving the highest level is possible to you. Number one, God is for you. Amen. Number two, or let me say number one, God is with you. Number two, God is for you. And number three, God is in you. That makes what was impossible, possible. God is with you, God is in you, or God is for you, and God is in you. In Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 23, I'm not asking you to turn there, but you can look them up later if you desire. When Jesus was born, it says, they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. The book of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter one, verse three, that Jesus expressed the image of God. The Amplified Bible says he's the perfect imprint and the very image of God. The message translation says he perfectly mirrors God. He himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So if Emmanuel being the name that Jesus was given at his birth means God with us and Jesus and the Father are one and the same, or if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father, then that would say that the same God that was with the children of Israel is with us today, praise God. Amen? Amen. And how many times did God being with them change their circumstances? Amen. Study it out. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter four and verse 31 says, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee. Deuteronomy 31, six says, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth, doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Joshua 1, 5, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. 1 Chronicles 28, 20, be strong and of good courage. Fear not nor be dismayed for the Lord God will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. God being with us guarantees success. Yes. Hallelujah. That's why he tells us to be of good courage. And to fear not, when God is with us and you have a deep revelation of it, then the fear of failure becomes a thing of the past. One famous preacher, Charles Spurgeon, used to say, let us admire and hold fast to this truth, this wonderful fact. Admire means to regard highly that God is with us. Look at somebody and say, God is with you. Tell somebody else, and God is with me. 
David said in Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Notice just knowing that God is with you causes you to overcome fear, the fear uh, uh, and the threat uh, of, of Satan being able to destroy your life, the fear of failure. Oh, that's, that's, that's one of the great, greatest things I ever experienced in my life was when God delivered me of the fear of failure. And we've all dealt with it in some way or another. You know, as a, as a young businessman, you know, leaving my secure job in the dealerships as a, as a paint and body man, launching out into my own business, there was the fear of the unknown. You know, will I make it? Will I have enough jobs? you know, to, to, to support this. And even when I went in the ministry, you know, will people believe in me? Will people support me? Will people invite me to come? You know, we have all these thoughts. No guarantees in the natural. But God. And today, and I say to the glory of God, I don't have to go anywhere to preach if I don't want to, but I want to. And God has, has supplied me with a strong enough partner base that I can stay home if I want to. I don't have to be out preaching just to keep everything going, but I want to. I heard go ye in 1969. I hadn't heard stop ye yet. <laughs> but God proved being with me guaranteed success. Amen. I will fear no evil. Amen. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Amen. I will not fear COVID no. or anything else the devil brings up in the next few years. And trust me, he's working on something right now because that's, that's what he's consumed with. Kill, steal, and destroy. But we don't have to fear it. Can you say amen? Why? God is with us. Somebody shout, God is with me. As long as God is with us, then we will always have hope. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now am I old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The message translation says, not once have I seen an abandoned believer. Hallelujah. God is with me. I will not fear. God is with me. I will not be abandoned. God is with me. I will not fail. God is with me. I have hope for tomorrow. God is with me. I have the potential to be a winner in life. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout if you believe it. But not only is God with us, God is for us. The apostle Paul says in Romans chapter eight, verse 31 and verse 37 through 39, if God be for us, who can be against us? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, and listen to this, nor things present, nor things to come, 
nor things present, nor things to come shall separate us from the love of God. God is for us and nothing present, nothing coming can separate us from the love of God. Can you say amen? So why would we ever become discouraged? Why would we ever decide to give up and quit? Say this with me. God's with me and God's for me. Therefore, I will not be defeated and I will not quit. Give somebody a little elbow there and tell them you believe it, don't you? Amen. Hallelujah. And then finally, God in us. God in us. That song we sang at the beginning of the service, Welcome Holy Spirit. That song was actually written by a lady that worked for us in Kenya a number of years ago. Welcome Holy Spirit. It, it, it mar- I marveled many times at how Christians can sing something and not pay attention to the words they're singing. Welcome, Holy Spirit. If we truly believe that God is in us through his Holy Spirit, then why would we ever get discouraged? Why would we even consider giving up? Jesus said in the 16th chapter of John, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. The word expedient means better or more profitable. Can you imagine what's going through the minds of the disciples when Jesus made that statement? Now, boys, I want you to know I'm about to leave, but it's going to be better for you when I do. Can you just imagine what Peter's thinking, James thinking, John's thinking? How in the world could it be better for you to leave? Because when you were with us, our every need was met. We had no fear of the enemy. You know, uh, how could it possibly be better? Well, the reason it'd be better is Jesus was limited to only being with them where they were. If they were in Capernaum and he's in Nazareth, they're limited. But he's saying, I'm about to remove all your limitations. I'm going to send another comforter and he's going to be just like me. It's going to be just like me being on the inside of you. That's even better. No wonder it's more profitable. That means everywhere you go, he's there. And here's a beautiful thing. We're all going to disperse here in a little while, go in all different directions. I'm flying to Branson, Missouri here in a little while. And he's going with me and he's going with you. And he's going with you and he's going with you and he's going with you. We all have, have no more limitations because God is not only for us, God is with us and God is in us. We can reach the maximum. We can reach the highest level attainable with those three reasons alone. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? John 14, 26, Jesus made it clear who this comforter was. He's the Holy Ghost. John 14, 17, he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. 
The Holy Ghost is referred to as the paraclete, which means the one who comes along to help, to comfort, and to strengthen. He helps, he comforts, and he strengthens. Jesus is telling them he's sending another of the same kind, another one just like himself, and he'll continue the work that he began and he'll do it through them without limitations. So God is in us. Paul asked this question, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost who is in you? I like to say it this way. I learned it from Brother Copeland years ago. Brother Copeland said, God is in me. I'm inside-minded. I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. (laughs) You have wall-to-wall carpet in your house? I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Are you ready to remove lack and break free from financial bondage? It's time to move to a higher level of God's blessing and goodness. Today's faith-filled offer, Maximizing Your Harvest Special Package, contains Jerry Savelle's inspiring book, Life of Faith, his mini-book, Sowing in Famine, and his eye-opening three-part audio series, Maximizing Your Harvest. Learn the keys to receiving the most out of your sowing and discover how God has plans to prosper you. In this package, Jerry teaches how to hold fast to your faith, how to identify financial bondage, how to remove lack, and what produces maximum blessing. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Maximizing Your Harvest special package. Don't just look at your seed. Look at what your seed can produce. Now is the time to trust God's Word and watch your seed produce a maximum harvest. Thank you so very much for joining me today. We appreciate you watching and we trust that the lessons that you have been listening to and observing today have been a tremendous blessing to your life. You know, God wants you to experience maximum results in every way, in every way possible, and particularly in your harvest. God wants you to experience His absolute best. You know, the Bible talks about 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I believe 100-fold represents God's best. It's God's maximum, and that's what He wants you to experience. To help you reach that goal, We have put together a very special resource package for you, and one of the packages or one of the uh, resources in that package is my book entitled Sowing in Famine. I wrote this book way back in 1981, and it has some of the most powerful truths you will ever read in your life. This book has gone around the world. It has helped people throughout the nations. We're still getting testimonies today on what this book has done for multitudes of people all over the world, sowing in famine. And then also a three-part series entitled Maximize Your Harvest. Once again, God wants you to receive and experience the hundredfold maximum, the highest level attainable. This will tell you how to obtain that goal. And then it all is hinges on learning to live the life of faith. That's my book, Life of Faith. God wants you to live by faith. He wants you to experience what faith is, is called to experience. And that is, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith will overcome every obstacle, every adversity, every attack of the enemy. You need to learn how to operate in faith, how to stay in faith, and how to grow your faith. This book will teach you how. If you like these resources, 
just look at the screen right now or go to our website, jerrysavelle.org, and it'll give you all the information on ordering it. And as soon as we receive your order, we'll send it to you just as quickly as we possibly can. Join with me again next week as we continue this study on maximizing your harvest. I look forward to seeing you then.